0: In the course of his analyses of some of the human emotions in Rhetoric Book 2, Aristotle is going to draw a very important distinction between two different negative emotions that are often mistaken for each other, not only in our own time, but also back then. And So he's going to highlight a number of differences between, on the one side, anger, orge in Greek, and on the other side, uh, two different terms misos and ekthra which we translate as hatred and misos is you could say a little bit more is just straight hatred ekthra being hostile being an enemy but aristotle's going to use them more or less synonymously in his discussions of these and so how do these emotions differ from each other aristotle tells us he begins by talking about the causality of hatred in this discussion and you notice that anger can be a cause of hatred but anger has its own causes or its own provocations right it is produced by as Aristotle tells us in his definition of anger apparent or public or imagined slighting oligoria ways of treating somebody as if they're of little or no value or at least less value than they would like to view themselves as or treating things that they identify with or care about hatred interestingly Aristotle is going to say can Can be produced by anger as a matter of fact this is a issue that Aristotle himself doesn't highlight that much but many other thinkers who grapple with this distinction between hatred and anger caution us about telling us that there's a tendency for anger if it's held on too long or unresolved to eventually turn into something deeper like hatred It's also produced by, as he says, spite or spitefulness or malice, epereasmos in Greek, which interestingly is one of the three modes of sliding. So, So hatred or anger can be produced by spite. What is spite? It is setting up obstacles, problems, impediments to people just for the sake of doing that, to mess with them, not to get anything else out of it. And then the third cause that he tells us of hatred, that we don't see happening on the side of anger is slander, diabole, literally saying things that are bad about a person, maligning them in a way, could be public, could be behind their back. And now that could turn into a kind of sliding, but Aristotle singles that out here. So we've got two different ways in which these can be caused and anger itself can be a cause of hatred. Another key distinction that, Aristotle is going to make has to do with why we get angry, and you could call it the individual's centered perspective on it. So, anger, he tells us, arises from acts against oneself. Heauton in Greek. Now, we've seen that in the definition, it doesn't have to be directly against oneself. It could be against those who one is concerned with. Aristotle mentions parents and children and spouses as people that we ought to defend. It could also extend to abstractions or non-animate objects. You know, if somebody criticizes philosophy, I can get angry because I'm invested in philosophy. Hatred can arise from those things. So you can feel hatred against somebody who who is doing things against you or your family or something else that you identify with but it can also arise even from acts that are not against the person involved it can arise in some respects in a much wider environment right and this brings us to the next really important distinction Aristotle is going to tell us that anger has individuals as its object. Individuals is how we're translating the kath Hecostone, which generally we translate as particulars, right? Individuals are a certain kind of particulars. And he mentions Callius or Socrates. So you get angry, not just with people in general but with specific things it could be people it could be getting angry at the wind for blowing on you when you don't like it the sun for being too hot right and hatred is a little bit different in this respect Aristotle tells us that hatred is against entire classes or groups gaining in Greek as its object so The examples that he uses are thieves, those who engage in stealing, like kleptes, right? And then he also brings up informers, sucofantes, the word that we get psychophant from, somebody who's always like, you know, whispering in somebody's ear, did you hear that? So-and-so did this and that, right? And Aristotle says, we just hate those kind of people in general. We feel hatred towards them, typically. Maybe even people who belong to those classes hate those classes. And we can think about all sorts of other examples. This could be based on where you're from geographically, what ethnicity you are, how race is identified it could be tied in with gender it could be tied in with social classes you know the enmity of the rich for the uh, poor and vice versa it could be belonging to a different sports team or a fandom or something like that but it's not directed against an individual per se it's directed against an individual as a member of something, as a token, a stand-in for that hated class. Another very important distinction between hatred and anger is that anger, as Aristotle says, at least in some cases, can be healed with time chronos right so the duration of time living through time your anger very often unless you got some really significant anger problems or it's being reawoken all the time your anger will eventually dissipate you'll let go of those things aristotle says hatred no cannot be healed by time you start hating Unless something changes and not just the passage of time, but something in time, like realizing that you got things wrong and you don't need to actually hate an entire class of people or having some sort of relevant experience that gets you to see that this person is an exception to the rule of your hatred against an entire group. Time itself is not going to heal hatred. Something else has to come along and do that what is it that anger and hatred actually aim at? What is it that they're after, Aristotle asks. And interestingly, he tells us that anger aims at the pain, lupe in Greek, of the other person. Somebody hurts you in some way, could be, you know, Physically, it could be status, it could be in other respects. You want to hurt them back. You literally want them to suffer in return or suffer what it is that you yourself have been suffering. The Greek word there is antipathein, right? Pathein is to suffer, anti in response or with a certain kind of reciprocity. So that's what anger is aiming at. Hatred goes deeper. Instead of just aiming at pain, which is a bad thing or an evil, it aims at doing evil to the other person or evil happening to them, the kakon in Greek. And it can extend to the point where what you really, really want is the non-existence of what it is that you hate, that may, enai in Greek. May me meaning not, enai being the verb to be. So when you hate people, you would actually like to see them eliminated, eradicated, put aside in some way, cast outside of the social circles that, that you are in. Very important distinction there. Another important distinction, anger itself is not only aiming at imposing pain on the other, it is accompanied by pain, metalupes. And this is right out of the definition of anger. It's a painful emotion to feel, and it's caused by some sort of pain due to the apparent slighting. Hatred, Aristotle tells us, is not accompanied by pain. You can hate and it doesn't feel bad per se to hate another person or rather a token of an entire class of people. So the fact that it can't be healed by time, it's not accompanied by pain means that hatred is in some respects much more durable than anger finally the the last important distinction that we see being made the angry person can feel more than one thing at the same time as a matter of fact to be angry as we see in the definition of anger already involves feeling desire feeling pain feeling pleasure but one might also feel what we can translate as compassion or pity here it's in the greek verb aleisin, right and this comes from aleos which means pity or compassion with the other person literally a feeling bad because of the undeserved suffering happening to another person and this is this is very interesting Aristotle doesn't follow this up but you can be angry with somebody retaliating against them and at the same time feeling bad about the pain that they are suffering pain that you yourself are desiring and causing in them Nothing like that exists for hatred. Aristotle thinks that the hating person doesn't feel any compassion or pity for the person who they desire evil or even non-existence to happen to, right? So these are some really important dividing lines, you could say, on a number of different aspects that tell us what the difference between the emotion of anger and the emotion of hatred look like, how we can understand these within ourselves, how we can understand them in the working of other people. As I mentioned at the start, there is a tendency to blur these together for many people in our own culture to mistake anger for hatred or vice versa. Aristotle thinks that it's important that we maintain these distinct from each other if we want to understand